Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yes, and a, a very good evening, everybody. You're welcome along to the Lily White Lounge here in Oriel Park. A very special occasion. It's all this, what, 13 years ago since Dundalk last contested an FEI Cup final. Who can forget that memorable day at uh, Talca Park, a sunny April afternoon, uh, Dundalk emerging victorious against Bohemians that occasion. So it's been a long, long time coming, as they say, but what a great few seasons it has been around Oriel Park. And, of course, this uh, lovely, cosy Lily White Lounge. I'd say if those walls could talk, there'd be some stories to be told. No question about it. And there's been uh, many a football tale, I'm sure, here after and before matches and whatever else but as I say a very special evening lining, lined up for you and hopefully uh, you'll join in uh, we have different guests uh, to speak to we'll be going back rolling back the years if you like uh, looking back on some previous finals we've have uh, some guests from the late 70s the early 80s into the double winning team of 88 and of course then fast forward to 2002 as well so this man signing for the club in 1978 and in his first season was part of the 79 double winning team captain indeed his performances over the few seasons that followed indeed earned him cult status around Oriel Park he went on of course to win a second cup medal in 1981 he suffered concussion in the first half in that final but played on and ended up on the winning side and of course later on as a player manager and a manager he was in charge of Shamrock Rovers the 87 team which beat Dundalk on that occasion for nil and of course later on then he did come back to Oriel Park and he was in charge for the 1995 league championship winning success would you please welcome Dermot Keeley ladies and gentlemen our next guest moving to the double winning team of 1988 this man in total won three FAI Cups his first was at Shamrock Rovers in 1978 he went on then a few years later and was part of the UCD team that won the uh, Cup in 1984 that uh, in particular final went to a replay and indeed this man uh, was man of the match on both occasions and he went on then to join uh, Dundalk under Torlock O'Connor and uh, well he was a great custodian for the seasons he was at Oriel Park under uh, O'Connor played in a couple of uh, Cup finals and of course was part of the double team of 1988 would you please welcome goalkeeper himself Alan O'Neill and last but not least the man who captains the double winning team of 88 that very memorable league success and of course the cup victory at Daly Mount Park against Derry City the captain himself Joey Malone Yeah, so we start, well, Dermot Keeley, first of all, Jim McLaughlin was the man that brought you to uh, Oriel Park. You would have been fairly well known as a player at that stage, of course. You would have been the top, one of the top players in the League of Ireland. So how, first of all, did they move to Oriel Park or did it take it much persuading to get you here? Because I think there was a, you had another move, I think, in the pipeline at the time, had you? No. 
<laughs> I wasn't really very good. I wasn't considered to be very good at that. And he had a wonderful idea of bringing me up and playing. He decided I was going to be a right back. Now, you know, right back, that means the keeper throws the ball out to you. You get on the ball, you pass it to the winger or you pass it to a midfield player. Not really my strengths. Yeah. So fortunately, Paddy Dunning went away. We played pre-season. We did a good pre-season. We played. And Paddy Dunning was away in America playing. And I played centre-half with Tommy. And things went really, really well in the pre-season. We, we, myself and Tommy, got a, we hooked up. We were really good partnership. And then Paddy came back. Uh, just before Paddy came back, he played me up again, up in Lisbon, up there. We played, <laughs> and I played right back. Mm. And it was absolutely appalling. I just, I had no idea of where I was. I I, I, I was a centre-half, that was it. I, I couldn't I couldn't play anywhere else. Yeah. I couldn't play centre-half very well either, but I could play. Paddy came back. Paddy was on top centre-half. He was obviously going to play, because neither me nor Tommy could head a ball, so Paddy could. And as Tommy would, there were kind of a little chat. Tommy said, sure, I'll go and play fullback. And I, like Tommy would have said, well, I'll go and play at the forward. I'll go and play in goal. It doesn't make any difference. And if he'd have played in goal, he'd been better than him. If he'd have played centre forward, he'd been better than any other centre forward. He's just as talented. So... So it was a bit of a fluke, really. But I mean, well, I mean, I mean, you bet you in pretty quickly. Uh, and in those two or three years you were here, I mean, the, the, we all remember the European nights, but the, specifically the two cup wins, uh, 79. And that, of course, that was the first uh, year the club did the double. Well, that was my, I think it was my first year here. We mm. won the... And you were captain as well. Yeah, I was. No, I was captain. Yeah. Mick Lawler was captain, but Mick only played four games he played two at the start two at the end <laughs> <laughs> so you were you were the no, real I'm captain not, no I'm not uh, be, no. no in fairness uh, he was up here a couple of weeks ago and I said the same thing to him and he agreed with me so uh, I'm not I'm not speaking behind his back and it's banter as well but so I was captain in the middle for the most of the season and then the cup final came and Jim as he does walked up to me and said you know Mick is playing in the, in the cup final and I said yeah would you let him be captain? <laughs> so me, like me, just says, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm captain all year. Win the league. Best record ever defensively. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the cup comes and I don't lift it. You look at all the pictures, not only Dermot lifting the cup, Nick Lawler there with the big, Joey Malone with the head on. <laughs> no, it was fantastic year then. We won it again subsequently. But I mean, it, it had it had to be a good a good team to do what you did that particular year. To I mean, to win a league on its own, but, but to win the, to win the double, it was an historic year, first double for the club. I mean, that team it was an exceptional outfit. And of course, the European games going uh, in tandem with what you achieved on the domestic front. Yeah, but I mean, we were very lucky at the, at the time that the situation in in Europe is you could get big sides. Mm. It, it's very it's very much now. different now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've no chance of getting Glasgow Celtic or. Manchester United hit well fortunately you don't get Manchester United <laughs> to be bored out your tree <laughs> but uh, besides that 
No, but you did. You had, a, you had a chance of playing. You had a chance of playing really, really good sides. I mean, you saw Dundalk last year playing against Bally Borisov, who are nobody in people's minds, and yet they're in the, the final stages of the Champions yeah. League, and to do so well against them. But to get to the stage where you can go and play the Celtics or something like that, I think that's gone for League One. So it's really, really hard. We were. I think we're probably one of the last teams really that could have done that. Having played the likes of Celtic, was it difficult to refocus then for your domestic cup competition that season? No, we, we never had a problem. It's very hard to compare. It's very hard to compare any era. I don't think you can say any era is better than another era. They're, they're the best at the time. I mean, the, the biggest regret I have is that we had the team good enough to win two leagues in a row, and we didn't. Mm. Not because we weren't good enough, because it's hugely difficult to do. And I think what the team has done this year so far has been fantastic. And I hope they go and do the whole thing now and win, as they've done when the second league in the counter, and go and win the cup final, because the town deserves it. And by the way, all the people going, I have the keys for coming home. I'm, they give them to me. I'm turning the lights back on. <laughs> Good man, Dermot. Well, just f- bring us forward then two years ago. Two years, the 81 success then. You won that final. It was 2-0, I think, John Archibald. And Mick Faircliffe had come into the team at that stage. And Mick's story of how he came back after a serious injury slotted in. I think he joined Dundalk in 1980. And the following year then, he was part of a cup-winning team. And he got the second goal for you in that final. He did, yeah. I think it was a- Pretty poor match. John John Archibald scored from a from a corner. We were under the cash for a lot of the time, and then I don't know someone hoofed the ball up there. I don't know who it was. <laughs> <laughs> I always claimed it was a pass. Uh, and the, yeah, and the, but I have to say, my eyes were closed at the time. <laughs> and Mick, you know. Followed a long line of people playing up front with bad knees because <laughs> Hilary Carlyle had only one leg. Mick had only one leg. So I tell you, if they had two, there'd have been some players. Well, well you mentioned Mick, you had a bad knee. You had a, you had a bad head for the second half because you, you, you were involved with that collision with, with Tommy Mack in the first half. But you played on. But do you remember much of the second half? Well, my mother would say I had a bad head from Bert. So. <laughs> What I don't remember is the first half. I ran into Tommy very early. Again, you don't know about concussion or thing. You just you want to play. You just you don't know. But I genuinely don't know. And Paddy Dunning, I remember to this day, and Tommy coming in saying, I said, look, I'll have to go. I couldn't see. They just said, look, just stay on. And I'm saying, I can't see. Look, it shows you the quality I had. It, <laughs> Before, before like it didn't matter it didn't matter that I couldn't kick a ball that was bad enough McLaughlin always said I couldn't pass a ball I couldn't head a ball and I couldn't kick a ball and that was followed up by the cup final when I couldn't see the ball <laughs> it's a compliment in the sense that people feel that being on the pitch that your presence is good so I mean as much as I, I slag but it, it, it's, it's nice and they did they shepherded it to half time and at half time I had a banging pain in my head but my head cleared so it worked out well anyway it did indeed mm. yeah. and, and, and with that as we look ahead to Sunday's Irish Daily Mail FAI Cup final we'll take another quick commercial break <laughs> OK you're back with us here in the Lily White Lounge at Oriel Parkers where you're continuing our look ahead to Sunday's Irish Daily Mail FAI Cup final uh, Dermot Keeley has remained on the stage just where he likes to be of course uh, we're joined by the 1988 team members Alan O'Neill goalkeeper and the team captain Joey Malone we'll go to Alan O'Neill uh, next Alan you're very welcome back to uh, Oriel Park and I know a lot of people here uh, remember your days with uh, great fondness uh, but before you arrived here at Oriel Park under Torlock you had a fair cup pedigree because you, you, won, 
You had two medals in your back pocket by that stage. I had, yeah. I had three cup medals. Very lucky to win three cup medals. Firstly, I'd have to start. He's a tough act to follow. You should have had him last. But anyway, myself and Joey are going here too. We don't, we're not funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did. I, I was very lucky at a very early stage of my career to win a cup medal at Rovers in 1978 with all the hullabaloo with Johnny Giles coming home and Ray Tracy and Eamon Dunphy. I was a young lad in the team. Uh, I remember it well. I remember, I mean, when I compare winning with Rovers and I can compare winning with UCD and with Dundalk, winning with Rovers was a relief. At 21 years of age, we should have been ecstatic. We should have been over the moon. But there was so much pressure on us from the fact that Johnny Giles was the manager, from the expectation there for Shamrock Rovers and from Johnny Giles. It was just pure relief. I don't remember selling. I, I do remember enjoying it. But compare it then, if I move on to 1998, when we won it here. Like at Rovers, you win it maybe for yourself and for the club. When you win it for the dock, you win it for the town. I mean, you just come in and you see, you hear, the town. And you know, you know, and you, but you know, it is for the town. Yeah. And like, that was amazing. Between the two, the, the two cup medals, the early ones, you had to wait, what, six years uh, in 78. Then 78, Dundalk yeah. kind of going on then to dominate the next few years. They won two of the next three cups. So you would have been fairly aware of... Uh, oh, I know. Uh, when he's talking about his team, I have to say they were brilliant side mm. an absolute brilliant side and don't mind him talking I'm a rubbish player and I'm this and I'm that and the other takes more qualities than ability to be a player he didn't have much ability <laughs> but by Jesus was he effective because he organised around him and he had there was a great back forward there was a great understanding he sp spoke about Tommy Mack Paddy Dunning Dermot McKeeley, and Martin Lawler I tell you they were some back forward yeah. and they were a hell of a side they really yeah, were yeah. All Brilliant, brilliant players in their day, Alan. Yeah. After, after 84, then, not long after that, then, you arrived here at Oriel Park. Torlock O'Connor signing you here for Dundalk. And yeah. then, within, what, 87, of course, you lost the, the 87 final. And that was. And a, I have to correct you, it was only three. It wasn't four, as you three, said in your three, intro, yeah. It three. was bad enough at three. Don't make it worse. <laughs> three, three nil. Dermot was manager that day. So, yeah. he kind of played a role, all right, yeah. For the first couple of years here, I have to say, the first season I was here in Dundalk was tough. It was tough for me, because I was following a legend. Let's mm. be honest, Richie Blackmore was a legend. Richie Blackmore was one of the top goalkeepers for the previous 10 years and I had to follow in his footsteps and I know myself it's never easy because I remember Turlock saying after about five games up here it was a, a frosty day frosty evening as we were going home and there was a little mark etched on his car in the frost bring back Richie you know <laughs> so that made me feel really well yeah, you know yeah, yeah. but I have to say after after I settled in you, you do need a settling in period in any club and after I settled in it started a turn for me and uh, I have to say the eight years I spent here at Dundalk were the eight best years of my career. Played the best that I could play in them eight years. I won two leagues. We won the cup. I was in the Olympic team eight games. We played Celtic here. We played Liverpool here. We played a Finnish international team here. Played Red Star, Belgrade, Ajax. It was brilliant. I had a brilliant career here. Obviously, the pinnacle was 1988 when we won the double. And this man sitting beside you, of course, uh, formed part of your defence for a number of those seasons. The one and only Joey Malone, captain of the uh, 88 double, double winning team. Back here in Orient Park again, uh, Joey. I mentioned earlier that uh, that cup campaign that was a, a, a difficult enough campaign you had to play eight matches to win the cup that season because there were a few replays along the way and the semi-final I think it was against St. Pat's it was a two-legged affair back then yeah no it was it was a tough campaign I mean I think I remember one of the games was in Sligo I think we were 2-0 down weren't we we were 2-0 no we, we, we drew one all away but we Wait. came back here and we and were 2-0 we down, down here as you said it, like, it was a long campaign but I mean that particular team for me like it was, it was the best team that I had played in but I mean I think when we came here first I mean, especially when I came here first with Torque O'Connor it was I mean Dundalk were, were, were coming out of the doldrums a little bit I think uh, the manager before him might have been Dempsey I think and when Torque came here there was 
was very little money for him to, to bring to put a team together and I, and I think he, he deserves great credit because I think any team that, that came here I mean after Jim McLaughlin and Dermot's team then it was always going to be put up against how good are they are they close to the 70s the, the 1978 team and all that kind of stuff so I mean I think Tully done a fantastic job putting the team together but it, but it was a long campaign and the league was a, was a long campaign as well but um, it, it was certainly a well worked campaign when it come, come to the end of it and I mean there was a huge crowds here at Oriel Park for that for that cup campaign the league finale of course went down to the final game and then the final itself against uh, Derry I know it wasn't the best yeah. of games John Cleary was the man that got the uh, winning goal but it was only the club's second ever uh, double double yeah, yeah. You yeah. Got memories of that day at, oh, at well day I mean I think you go back and I think most of any of the supporters that were here on, on, on the bank holiday Monday against Derry when we were 2-0 down with 13 minutes ago and, and, the, and the league was so close and it was probably maybe one of the best games ever that I'm, I'm sure most of the Dundalk supporters are in because with 2-0 down with, with 13 minutes ago the league table was so close between Bohemians and ourselves that if we'd have lost that game I don't think we would have won the league yeah. and what, what a fantastic comeback that was I mean like, like it was unbelievable it was a great and, game uh, yeah. and uh, Alan just going back to you Alan that uh, iconic photograph yourself and the late Barry Keogh carrying the cup I think a lot of people remember that was with great affection at Daily Mount Park that day oh, absolutely I mean I remember Daily Mount that day you're talking about eight and a half thousand we had about I think we had about five six thousand down from Dundalk that day and then you had the sea of red and white from Dairy Dairy were making their comeback into the league and, yeah. and the occasion was magnificent and the atmosphere the game wasn't great oh. but then you remember the assault of Martin Bailey on poor Lardy yeah, Wallace it was, terrible. It was an yeah, absolute yeah. assault <laughs> he done that it was a sweet victory because Derry obviously yeah. were a coming team because the next year then yeah, they went yeah. on and won the treble and, and yeah. of course Jim was managing them yeah. and they were very very strong the following no they season. definitely were and I mean we, we knew we were going to be up against it but as I said we, we were a strong side I think we were probably one of the best teams over the, over the five year period that I was here from, from 85 to 90 that when, when we went 1-0 up there was no way you were going to score against us we were fairly well organised we had a great goalkeeper in goal we had a fantastic back four and we we'd got some fantastic players and, and you mentioned and, and I'd like to mention him here God rest him Barry Coe for me was probably one of the best players ever to grace Dundalk in the League of Ireland and, and I'd like to acknowledge that now like he was and I mean, but that whole team, we had a great rapport with the supporters here. And um, I think every match we came in after every home game, we, we always made sure we came in and spent an hour or two after. And I mean, I hope the present team is doing that as well because Dundalk's supporters are probably one of the best supporter group right around the country. And I think when things are going great, we've got a fantastic support group up here. And really looking forward to the final. I, mean, I heard Martin mentioned the crowds already. There's 9,000, and, and I'm sure that will swell to about maybe 12 to 15,000 by Sunday. And um, really hope, I mean, I'm sure Dermot and Alan and, and I'm myself that we'd like to wish Stephen and, and the boys the best of luck on Sunday and, and can I also say to myself and Marie were up here three years ago Warford and Dundalk and you know when things were really bad and it looked like Dundalk needed to win that game and I mean what a fantastic job Stephen has done and I'd also like to acknowledge too that what a fantastic job the supporters done in those bad times to keep this club going and as I said like the hats off to the supporters to the people that keeps this great club going uh, well done to everyone well done It's obvious Joey as a former player that you and indeed Alan and Dermot you've all maintained a close affinity with the club and even when things were going bad in the last few years you always obviously want to see them getting back on their feet and doing well as a former player yeah no it is I mean, every, I mean it's it's probably like the first result I look for like every Sunday when the league starts to see how Dundalk done as I said there was a couple of lean years where you were winning for the club but it, it's great to see them I mean, look at the amount of silverware that's in, 
in front and like Stephen and, and the players deserve great credit as I said and, and to the, the supporters as well I mean they're a great club and I mean I, I really enjoyed my five years here and you know when I left in 1990 to take over Galway as player manager what a fantastic end of season Dundalk win the league and I win the cup as my first job in management as a player manager so I mean that following season was a great season the amount of success this club has had over the years the amount of success that they're going to keep having because I, they're, on a, they're on a great run at the moment and a long may it last and just add yeah. back to you Alan before we take another break um, you went on to play another, another cup final uh, to, uh, 1993 that was at Lansdowne Road indeed against uh, Shelburne yeah. that was your last cup final appearance as yeah, a yeah. Dundalk player and it didn't work out for you that day no no we, we were beaten it was a great Costco goal against Shell there wasn't a whole lot in the game they they got the one clear chance and, and scored very disappointing I have to say uh, we talk about the, winning the cup finals but losing a cup final is not a nice place to be you don't look back with fond memories yeah you did make it to a cup final I was never one to tie into this it's you know it's a great day it's not it's only a great day if, if you, you win, win. Yeah, it's yeah. the only way and it'll be the same on Sunday and I do think they'll win but it'll be on the day it is the cup anything can happen Cork are going to be up for it there's no two ways about it but this year and over the last two seasons Dundalk have been head and shoulders above everyone else but it's on the day but it's about winning don't make no mistake yeah, about is. it it is about winning yeah you don't want to be in the losers no and then to come back up here again I, I allude to the fact that this is for the town it's not just for the team the players the management it's for the town when we came back up in 88 oh, it was unbelievable. the open it was deck bus right through the town mm. it was unforgettable yeah unforgettable yeah, it was. Too. I, mean, I think it's it I think it was unforgettable bit. for all the supporters as well. What a yeah, fantastic yeah. night that was. You know, yeah. And it's something that would last. It would always last, in, in a, especially in the players' memory as well. So it was, it was fantastic. We have our memories. Yeah. We have our... Yeah. With the recall. Ever, ever last, that's up there. That's memories. up there. Yeah. McKeely, Alan O'Neill, Joey Malone, ladies and gentlemen. Just before we let the lads go, any any questions? Just hold on. Any questions for the lads? So, somebody mentioned, Dermot, a question for you or, um, that you were going to sign for Glasgow Celtic, but you refused to shave the beard. The lady down there now, I have to shave the beard. She won't come out with me. <laughs> <laughs> so times change. You get all the... You're more malleable. No, it, was, no, it wasn't just that. There was there was more to it than that. They also wanted me to give them my passport because I might forget it going to a match. 25, 26 years of age. And I said, no, we can manage, manage to get to me, I can bring my own passport. And it was silly stuff. It was, it was the whole thing. I, I, it didn't, it was never going to work out. The idea that it was an honour to play for, for Celtic, which probably was, but I mean, as I said, I wasn't, I didn't ask them. They asked me. I, it, it didn't work. There was too much, there was too much going on. I just sell up your house because you might get homesick. I said, stop it. I mean, 25 years of age, you're going to make, you're, you're going to make a decision to go. I, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't deal with this idea that I was going to be put in a straitjack and someone said, you're going to shave off your beard. Uh, no, I shave off my beard when if I want to, yeah. but not to be told, not to be told that I'm going to take your passport. Uh, no, you're not. No, so well, I just, it's just, it's just me being stubborn. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no logic in it. Right, just just me. Like to be stubborn. The door fans allow you to decide. Just me being, yeah, well, it's just, that was a great club. I mean, the boys are right. Mm. This, I live here now. It's not a fluke, like you know, you don't. It's not a place you kind of wake up one day and Dublin say, "Well, I moved to the dark." It's not exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not exactly moving to Spain for the song. <laughs> You're going to go to El Paso for, yeah. <laughs> and worse than that, me two kids following me. Uh, Dermot Keeley, Alan O'Neill and Joey Malone, ladies and gentlemen. Well done, gents. Thanks, Alan. Good man. Good man.
Okay, we'll take another quick break and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you're back with us here at the Lily White Lounge in Oriel Park, continuing our look ahead to Sunday's Irish Daily Mail FAI Cup final. We're concentrating on what the media think of Dundalk's uh, various successes over the last few years and indeed their uh, fairy tale return to form in both league and indeed in cup as well. So we're going to welcome on, he's the sports editor with the Dundalk Democrat newspaper and great pullout in this week's edition as well, Gavin McLaughlin. The next man we have, he was Dundalk's uh, team captain in the 62-63 league winning team. Uh, went on to play in the Irish League and since in the last few years indeed has formed part of the Dundalk FM commentary team on all Dundalk's matches. A voice that will be very familiar to you so he's a great history as both a player, a supporter indeed and as a commentator. The one and only John Murphy. <laughs> the final uh, representative of the local media it's our one and only LMFM uh, Dundalk match commentator Jerry Malone yeah so we have three experts now lined up and they're going to give their take on Dundalk's uh, appearance on Sunday in the Irish Daily Mail FAI Cup final we'll start with Gavin McLaughlin Gavin you've been a bit of a lucky charm I think for Dundalk I think since you've uh, entered that sports department in the Dundalk Democrat it's been nothing but good I'm sure you, you never get sick of <laughs> writing and reporting on league successes and marches to cup finals and whatever else the last couple of years uh, Gavin it's been it's been dream stuff Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Certainly as a, a match reporter and as a journalist. Unbelievable, Colin. It's, it's been a dream job. 2012 was a was a tough year to, to report on. I remember being in Tala for the, the games against Shamrock Rovers. We were about 6-0 the first game and then we went back to Tala later on in the season and we were about 7-0. I was sitting in Tala there three weeks ago when we, we won the league thinking somebody had to told me that three years on we'd be here clinching back-to-back titles. You, know, you, you wouldn't have believed it. It's been incredible. Incredible. The last two years, we all thought last season was good. This season looks like it could be even better. Fantastic team. Mm. Fantastic. It's, the club 
comes back to where it should be. Talking to talking to likes of Martin Lawler this week, the passion that he brings it reminds me when I was a kid. I was only seven when the lads won the Dublin '88. I remember standing waiting for them to come over Hill Street Bridge. Great scenes, and hopefully it's the same again this Sunday. That's where you got the bug. '88 was your first uh, memories. '88, yeah, '88. I remember um, being up at Oriel in '88 with my uncle, then seeing the likes of Red Star, Belgrade, and teams of like that coming here, and that's you know once it once it bites you, that's it. You, you, you're done. So I mean, some great memories. '91, the league. '95, the league, and then as we went to the noughties, um, where we had the 02 Cup mm-hmm. victory, but then things started taking a turn for the worse, and there were some dark days, Gavin. Some dark days, yeah, and uh, some dark days in the, the noughties, and obviously 2002 was great, but you know, the club were relegated the same, a week, I think the week before the cup final. It looked like we'd never get out of the first division. Thankfully, my first season, writing on, writing with the Democrat, we got out of it, so it wasn't too bad for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, after that, some some high points, you know, but mostly mid-table mediocrity, is the saying, and 2012 was a, was, a, was a year we all, you know, we'd love to forget, but what's happened since has been sensational the lads come in the lads the current owners come in stabilise the club obviously Stephen Kenny his record sec- second to none the players he's brought in unknown players I remember I remember meeting Patrick Hoban here the first day when he was signed and I was who's this Do you know I remember looking on the internet and they said he was a defensive midfielder from from Bristol City I think it was and I think I never yeah. heard of this lad same with Richie Towell came from Bluebell it was a bit underwhelming at the start because you know we're all these sort of unknowns I remember he signed Andy Boyle from Shelburne he was a good player Dane Massey from Bray you're thinking yeah they're decent enough League of Ireland players but what they've gone on to do has just been it's been frightening and I mean if you look at the jobs that all those players you mentioned have done for Stephen Kenny I don't think you could single out any particular player that was a bad signing no every one of them every one of them's made an impact mm. every one of them it's been phenomenal I've been lucky enough to be in Croatia last year for the, the Hadjik split game 25,000 people to play them off the park there was no word of a lie they played, played Hadjik off the park I was over in Belarus this year for the, the Champions League game the first 45 minutes over there has to go down as probably one of the best Irish performances ever in Europe they, they were incredible it was a travesty we, we were beating that night and as I said in the preview this week this team's made for the, the big occasion the bigger the occasion this, this seem to rise to it you know there'll be no fears going into the Aviva Stadium hopefully there's 25-30,000 people there because the bigger the stage you know, the bigger the performance from these lads last few years there have been a few near misses in terms of reaching FAI Cup Finals but it's been a natural progression really for this team now to finally get to the Aviva Stadium mm. and one victory away now but the, 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 there will be a certain amount of pressure I mean they are going in as, as favourites on Sunday I know they have a good record in recent times against Cork City but as Stephen Kenny and all managers will say it is very much all in the day Well that's it Cork haven't beaten us in three years which I'm sure if, if Dundalk at the first goal it could put a couple of doubts into the minds of the, the lads in Cork but it's difficult at times in this job because you can't let the heart overrule the head but I honestly do think that we will win the win the Cup on Sunday I think if we get the first goal the big pitch of the Aviva will suit us down to the ground and you know as I said the bigger the bigger stage the better for these lads And I mean you, you mentioned up on maybe what 30,000 how much would you, many would you expect from Dundalk? Well, that, I think as Martin said, the estimate's eight and a half. I'm sure we'll be well over ten thousand. Hopefully, when the lads come over the Hill Street Bridge on on Sunday, you're talking another maybe three or four thousand who'll stay at home and watch it, and hopefully come out then to, to see them coming home. So look, it's everybody's looking forward to it. You know, the, the place the place been buzzing. The crazy thing is that Friday night we won the league for the second year in a row, and everybody it was nearly just a yeah, it's great, but we still have a cup final to come. Mm. Any other season, that's the highlight. But yeah, yeah. We still have a cup final to come. Gavin, delighted to hear and have you here. Dundalk Democrat editor uh, Gavin McLaughlin. We move on to our next guest. And John Murphy, I mean, your career has torn, has really gone full circle at oh, this stage. Oh, it's I have a longer career than most people here, I'd say. You know. Well, I suppose when you when you were playing and when you retired and you were involved with Bank Rovers and all that, the last thing you were probably thinking about at that stage was getting into match commentary. But uh, the last, how many years now are you, are you on Dundalk FM? Must be about seven or eight. Eight, eight I think, maybe more. Yeah. 
great longevity and I mean and seven years ago when you started off commentary uh, uh, John I mean the dark times for Dundalk I mean you were struggling probably in the first division at that stage so they weren't that easy to, to commentate on there were a lot of poor performances around that time yeah well we had to do a Michael O'Hare job like you know and make a good <laughs> make match it sound good. to make a bad match into a good one and tell me about the rest of the lads here you, you all get on like a house on fire You're the other commentary team members oh, are well, Ger, Ger takes the piss out of me the whole time like you know <laughs> He's just, well, you know, off a uh, like as a bad. player, you were you were a late developer, a late starter, weren't you, John? I'm a late starter at everything, Colin. To be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> I uh, know in 1959 I got into the dog team and a wee story about the 1958 team I was on the fringe of the 1958 team Jada Mullen was 12th man and I was 13th man but unfortunately there was no substitutes then you see so you, so you missed the cut we went to Dublin alright before the game there was an hour or two to spend in the hotel and a fella called Georgie Toner would start to play poker and he lost 20 quid you know now I'm talking about 58 which 20 quid was a lot of money so I says how the hell is he going to play with that in his mind and then they had the bonus a fiver so Georgie Georgie was out money from the day and after after winning a cup final medal like you know yeah, it cost yeah. him 20 quid to, to win the cup final medal <laughs> then I was lucky enough with Jim McLaughlin uh, to be his assistant manager when we beat Limerick and Terry Flanagan scored the two goals what should I say and, and did you ever get the opportunity w- uh, of managing the team how close was that or was it close for you John at any stage I got a phone call alright and uh, I was asked were they managers and I said I'm what terms if you pick the team with the committee and I said well uh, no no thanks <laughs> I, I bet committees you know what they end up like but uh, I didn't take the opportunity but I never regretted it I went back to junior football after here and Bank Rovers won the Intermediate Cup it's the best the prestigious cup you can win in junior football and you know to this day I'm very proud of that and I'm sure the players that won it are very proud the memories I have of the cup final is people like uh, Ted McNeil uh, in 1958 in goal was doing a grobbler before grobbler was even heard of you know taking the gloves off and uh, putting another pair on and Liam Hennessy was taking the penalty kick for Rovers and of course he hadn't missed in two seasons Ted went up and shook hands with him and everything and blessed him and everything <laughs> and Liam Hennessy Liam Hennessy put the penalty past the post and couldn't believe it so yeah. we were all that was great yeah. and, and you have so many memories from these games you know unfortunately I never won a cup medal but I, I still believe I'm blessed I have won the league and and, uh, uh, yeah, and, and there was a, a long gap after 58 then to the next one John wasn't there yeah there was yeah. there was alright yeah but football goes in cycles as you know Colin there, there's times when you have a good panel and you can do the devil and all with them and well, you, sometimes you get a load of rubbish let's be honest and uh, you want to be Houdini to do something with them <laughs> you know, you know. Look, looking ahead your own thoughts now on Sunday's final Gavin seems to think this team very capable of winning and closing out the deal come Sunday would you be of the same opinion having watched them so closely and know what they're capable of yeah well I, I, I've said it all along that the, the, this is the fittest and their work ethic their professional approach to the game alone like, as you know I'd have to do a few interviews and stuff like that after the game and they're the best crowd of boys ever you could talk to I'm so privileged to be able to live as long as I have and still be able to watch a team as capable as we have you know and you said to me well are we going to win I, I'd say to you you don't put a, a horse that won the derby in a cellar and that's the way I see it I think Dundalk are far above Cork they're a physical team Cork they were when I played them in the in the 60s and they haven't changed their routine and Dundalk are the most professional train, uh, fitness wise playing wise and are getting the rewards that, that they deserve to get 
Okay, we're going to bring in Jerry Malone now. John Murphy, thank you indeed for the moment. Jerry. John Murphy there, talking about how professional and how well prepared this Dundalk team. How, in your view, does this Dundalk team compare to previous uh, Dundalk teams that have been in this sort of position, Jerry? I have to say, I mean, and I would go back to remembering Dundalk in the 60s even uh, as a wee fella. I have to say that this Dundalk team is the best Dundalk team I've ever seen. A well-oiled machine, Jerry, no question about it. And I say their approach and uh, I suppose their nutrition, everything, they're very, very professional, build up to games and even after matches. And the way they mingle with the supporters indeed after oh, games. Yeah. It's, 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 like, to be fair, it's a completely different era now. It's a completely different approach to sport. You can see when even up here sometimes when you see the team training, as, as has been said by everybody that's been up here, they're so professional. It's, it's fantastic. And I remember the day I was, Gavin was talking about it. We were after coming out of the Sean McCaffrey era. Sean McCaffrey lasted a few months here. And then we were, we were into Darius Cairns and I think Martin Connolly was manager as well it was a difficult time for both of them to take over um, and, and the two boys did very well to keep the, to, to keep the club in the in the Premier Division then Stephen Kenny took over I remember his first press conference and I, I, I said to him I suppose next year it'll be just a bit case of consolidating yourself he said no I want to win the league and I looked at him I said you, you can't be serious very driven oh it was unbelievable and I mean he got second in the table that year and then he, as uh, Gavin was saying we, we came up here to see Richie Towell and Pat Hoban being unveiled and like I never heard of these players before in my life and the young fellas that were there so they were just kids mm-hmm. and uh, little did I know what what was going to turn out they're just unbelievable Amazing turnaround just to round up uh, with yourself uh, Gavin uh, we saw, we've seen in England the, the FA Cup being kind of devalued in the last few years it hasn't happened with the Irish Daily Mail FAI Cup there's still an awful lot of prestige attached to this particular trophy Well that's that's it Colin go back to speaking to Martin Lawler the other night I think he won five five league titles here but he said that any time he comes back to the dock and he asks supporters what's your greatest memory they always say oh Martin remember the year we won the cup you know in 79 or in 88 the cup it's a great day out you know everybody people who've never been to Oriel Park and probably mightn't go to Oriel Park ever again might be in the Aviva on Sunday it is it's a it's a one-off day that everybody and especially this club great cup tradition nine wins it's a day that everybody remembers coming over the, the Hill Street Bridge with that bus on, on Sunday night well hopefully we'll be uh, reading our winning match report on Monday evening in the Dundalk Democrat Gavin McLaughlin, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be listening to John and his commentary team on Dundalk FM and our own Jerry Malone on LMFM. That's where we take a break. Join us back here in a couple of minutes' time at the Lily White Lounge in Oriel Park. OK, ladies and gentlemen, we're back for our final part of our build-up to Sunday's Irish Daily Mail FAI Cup final at the Aviva Stadium. We're moving forward now a few years and we're going on to the last Dundalk team that managed to get their hands on the famous uh, trophy. That, of course, back in 2002 at the expense of Bohemians at Talca Park. We have a couple of members of the uh, uh, team, the winning team from that year. Let's, uh, first of all, uh, welcome a man, a local man indeed, who captained the team, having spent his early, the early part of his career across the water with Man City, but he was the winning captain, came home and captained his uh, hometown uh, club to victory on that famous April afternoon at Talca Park. David Crawley, ladies and gentlemen. Another member of the team, all the way from Forge, uh, part of the defence in the 0-2 team, John White. And another special guest we have for you this evening. He's the current FEI Regional Development Officer for County Loud, one of the most decorated players indeed in the League of Ireland, Mick Neville. 
Okay, David, we'll start with you, David. Uh, local lad, which obviously brought that extra bit of uh, honour going up the steps of that famous 2002 afternoon at uh, Tulka Park. Bring us back to that particular year because what you did that season was quite remarkable. The season that you had in the league because the week before you were, you were relegated, David, but be, to be able to lift yourselves and you went to goal down in that game, didn't you, as well? To, to pull it off, it, it was a great achievement, no question about it. Yeah, I think, uh, as I say, Colin, it was the first time three teams were relegated that year, you know. And I think we were, I think we were 22 points ahead of the second last team, you know, which is uh, was which was unreal. Like, but uh, as I say, we were very unlucky that year. And uh, as I say, we had the cup final to look forward the following Sunday. You know, it wasn't hard to lift yourself for a cup final. You're not kind of way to don't come round too often. It was a great day, you know. Usually on the Saturday night you'd be staying in a hotel, but we we decided to stay home, travel up that that morning. You know, we actually. Went to Donna Bait, had our pre-match meal. The bus was late. It was an hour or 20 minutes before the game. We were still in Donna Bait, which probably worked in our favour, you know, because we just went in and got ready. Bows were out in the pitch, walking around probably for an hour and a half before the game, you know. We actually just turned up, got our gear on, and the rest was history, you know. We went 1-0 down, but I mean, you know, Gary Hale, look, if you get the ball in the box, he do the business for you, and, and that's what happened, you know. It's, you know, memories, nobody can take memories away from you, Colin. And I was lucky enough to win the league with Shelburne and playing European nights like great. European nights but actually to lift the cup as a local will always stay in the memory with me you know I remember coming down by the Canton cage you know and seeing it in the black and white everywhere like it was just unreal you know the hairs were standing in the back of your neck what made it special that year Colin there was a lot a lot of locals got cup medals that year and John was one beside me you know we probably had around eight locals and which will probably never happen again I hope it does happen but it'll be probably a long long time before that happens you know well also part of the defence was John White John your take on that afternoon by me you went a goal behind what was your thoughts as a defender when you fell one nil down in that game did you think there was a way back for you I always believed that we were, we were going to get back into it we had played so well for the for the first 25-30 minutes I think Martin Riley had missed an opportunity that he tried to chip the goalkeeper and they broke and it, it was their only little passage of play in that first half even when they did score you know there was no the heads didn't go down we still believed there was a, a firm belief because I, th- I think because there was absolutely no pressure on us that day we went the sun was shining as you said we went on a bed the bus was late we actually went down uh, on the on the beach for a walk where David Hoy found a 50 quid note on the strand <laughs> And then we came, we came back up like it, like there was a still, scrambling match. Everybody's seen it, but David was the quickest to get has to he it. Still got it, I wonder. <laughs> no, known David, he probably has. I'm only joking. Myself and Noel Melvin were standing beside Donald Brown, and Donald Bate, there's a golf course. And next of all, Donald just goes. Ah! Donald got clipped on the side of the head with a golf ball. Okay, so he survived that. David Hoy got that, and we survived going one 0 down. And we came back and we beat them two one. You know. Yeah. So I think everything went for us that day. But we created our own luck as well on the pitch you know we went at them we didn't give them a minute on the ball we just firmly believed we were going to do it even even at half time there was absolutely and David will concur with this it, there was absolutely no panic there was no big team discussion it was just Martin Murray and Ollie Ralph just winking at us and relax lads we can do this watching back the TV commentary this wasn't meant to happen Dundalk leading Bohemians Bohemians the fancy team the Dublin team and all of a sudden Dundalk were in this situation of course he had beaten Shamrock Rovers in the semi-final and that wasn't meant to happen either from a Dublin media point of view well from a Dublin media point of view it wasn't supposed to happen we had heard or a few of us had heard that they already had a marquee set up on Dalyman Park for the after the victory celebration, celebration yeah, the yeah. victory celebrations you know which sort of quietly inspired us to you know go for it even more you know which brings us forward now to this Sunday you are underdogs in 02 this current team very much the favourites it's the top two 
obviously the league the two informed teams which has been the case for the last couple of seasons um, how do you feel Sunday will go or Dund- well Dundalk obviously wore the favourites you'd, you'd have to fancy them obviously to finish the job Cup finals can be can be tricky they're a once off and anything can happen in a, in a cup final you can get a penalty a bad decision a sending off on paper and form Dundalk should you never can say yes they, they will win it. it it's it's in the balance for me you know if you take your eye on the ball you're in trouble Cork aren't just going to come up here just for the day out you know ok we're going to move on then well this gentleman never actually played with Dundalk but how many I did you, you played I did I played once once tell us about it Mick Mick Neville Barry Kell's testimonial <laughs> Well, I'm sure the question, the question has been asked, that testimonial aside, Mick, um, how close, were you, were you close to ever joining Dundalk uh, at any stage of your career? Because, I mean, you, you played so long at the top level. No, I don't think so. I think um, when I was playing with the Olympic team, Ende was tapping me up every trip he went on, trying to get me to sign for Dundalk, but I, I was with Rovers at that stage, and we had a good side at Rovers at that, at that time. Yeah, so how many cup finals have you, did you appear in? Uh, ten. And one? Seven. Seven. That's some record, ladies and gentlemen. Seven, seven out of ten. I mean, there's a lot of good players that have gone through their entire career, probably haven't even uh, appeared in uh, a cup finals, Mick, so I'm sure you, you feel honoured from that point of view. Yeah, well, I think uh, you kind of take it for granted when you're playing, but talking to Davey tonight even and, and listening to players talk and, and even players that you meet, you kind of say, well, I got one medal, I got two medals, and you're saying, like, you take it for granted that you got you got seven, you had a great career or whatever, but it's only, I think, some of the lads said it when you retire and you look back on it, and then you then you realise what you've actually got, so. And again, I've been lucky enough to play with some great teams as well, and some great players so yeah, David mentioned the fact that in the 0-2 team there were a good few locals in the side and he'd like to see that continuing you're working at underage level within the county Mick um, have we grounds for optimism on that front is there enough coming through enough work being done yeah I think there is between the 17s and the 19s we have even here at the moment we've, we've got some good players coming through and hopefully in a year or two to come now we'll have two or three in the first team and probably a couple knocking on the door next season hopefully so maybe there are a couple of good very good local fringe players and it's difficult to break into this Dundalk team as we all know at the moment it's difficult but again I would say that the players have been have been absolutely fantastic with some of the 17s and the 19s that have gone in with the first team they've been brilliant with them and they're great to work with like and the advice that they give the young fellas and I was at the one of the games here about two weeks ago I sat behind some of the first team players in the Leicester Senior Cup final and I, I listened to Richie Tell and I listened to McMillan talking about the young players it's great it's a whole group it's not just about the first team the first team look at the 19s the 19s are looking at the 17s and it's a whole group we haven't talked much about this Cork City team uh, this evening they're coming in from a dangerous enough position now they're, I know they're, they're under dogs probably having as much to lose as Dundalk you know they've been knocking in the door runners up this year runners up last year um Dundalk they need to be wary at the same time even though Dundalk are very much the favourites what a lot of people wouldn't know here is my sister's young lad plays for Cork Stephen Beattie is his name he's cup tied the weekend and I rang him today to find out what their team was but he hasn't told me yet <laughs> But when I find out, I let Stephen know. But, but I mean, down and down south, I mean, they're passionate about their football as well. well. It's 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 the final that everybody really wanted, isn't it? We all knew Dundalk are going, obviously Dundalk going to bring a huge crowd. Likewise, Cork, two well-supported clubs. Yeah, the lads would say the same. There's no easy game against Cork. Never is. And Cork will be coming up here to win the cup. You can you can bet your life on that. And I mean, Aviva, the Aviva Stadium itself. That's where the cup final should be. It's, it should bring out the best in these players, both teams. Well, I've probably been at the cup final for the last four years, and I always think, and John, is, John kind of. Touched on a little bit 
earlier I think the pitch will suit Dundalk hugely because I think Cork they're an agent team I think Dundalk are a very fit team and it's, the lads have already said Davey said they go right to the end and it could it could take that it could be the last 15-20 minutes that'll decide the cup Yeah, your, your own memories of playing against Dundalk I mean you would have played with, uh, for different clubs you were part of Derry, Shamrock Rovers different teams or whatever Shelburne as well um, Dundalk always difficult opponents even when things might not, might not have been going uh, for them at various stages I knew we were going to ask that question some stage tonight and I, I thought about it today and it's, it's funny because you don't often talk about the cup finals and it's only something like this that you reminisce and you, and you talk to different people about cup finals you don't often get a chance to talk about it and I thought like Desi Gorman Barry Keogh Terry Everson I mean what a front line that is and okay we kept them quiet in the, in the final but they're going to they're say the same anytime you hit Terry you end up getting injured because he's just ball, all bones and you, you, no matter what way you hit him you end up getting hurt they were great on dog teams I mean I came into the league I played a home farm I went to Drada sorry I went to Drada for a year <laughs> And it was, it was at the time when we, we kind of started to get results against the team that Dermot was on. And I've, I've said it so many times now, when I came into the league first and I see that team coming out onto the pitch, they were a team of men. Mm. I was a kid at 21 and I'm looking at them, I used to look at them coming onto the pitch and say, that's that's where I want to be. But they were a fantastic team and I think they set the tone, then Rover set the tone and the lads have said it, it's Dundalk's turn now. I presume you'll be there yourself, Mick. Will you be sitting in the Dundalk section? Well, that's where I am now at the moment. Oh, well, so. We like the tracks here, don't we? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you didn't play for the club, but you're very much part of it. And in Petty Lowe at the moment, development officer, David Crawley, John White and uh, Mick Neville, ladies and gentlemen. OK, that's, I think, where we uh, wrap up our Irish Daily Mail FAI Cup final special here. Just remains to me, for me to thank our technical team, Eamon Doyle, Adrian Taff and Pado Shocknessy and also David Hollywood. We obviously hope you enjoy the game where the match will, of course, be live on television. It'll be live on LMFM and Dundalk FM as well uh, on Sunday afternoon. And uh, as well, maybe we'll just as well maybe mention some of the people that are no longer here from the since the last uh, Cup final of 2002. And one man that I personally w- was very good friends with and indeed probably introduced me to Oriel Park was Marty Shields ladies and gentlemen I'd just like to acknowledge Marty I know Marty and a lot of a lot of Dundalk supporters have passed away since 02 and I'm sure they'll be looking down on the Aviva Stadium on Sunday so that's our coverage and that's our cup final special this evening do enjoy the game and thank you indeed for your attention here at the Lily White Lounge at Oriel Park tonight thank you Another cracker of a goal to set the town alight. I journey up to Talafell and said, Don't waste your time. You're just a bunch of losers now. Go back beyond the vine. I laughed and roared with pride, and me manners were polite. As Richie scored another goal to set the town alight. And it's down in Cork and Turner's Cross, that's where I long to be. Singing with the lily whites in perfect harmony With Horgan on the left and there's on the right And another cracker of a goal to set the tone alight Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW. 
plus free shipping on orders over $60. 